Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, a podcast focused on holistic health, nutrition, biohacking, and more. I'm your host, Brittany Ford, registered holistic nutritionist and self-proclaimed biohacker. During the last 10 years, I've focused on healing my gut and hormonal issues through lifestyle changes, nutrition, and of course, biohacks. And now I teach others to do the same. I'm so excited you're joining me today. So let's dive right in. Great. So thank you everybody for joining me for another episode of Biohacking with Brittany this week. I was just chatting with Joshua Campbell, who we were just talking about this, like how much we actually have in common and um, have lived in similar places in Canada. He's originally from Jamaica. Um, And yeah, just like what a small world it is. And today we're really going to dive into cognition and mental health and brain health which I am very interested in. And I really like Joshua's approach. It's very different from what I typically see um, from other coaches and on social media. Um, And yeah, so he is a cognitive coach and focuses on leveling up people's mental health and sharpening their cognitive skills. So Joshua, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone for listening. Brittany, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And I am super excited to jump into the conversation because it just absolutely excites me. Yeah, totally. So before we get into like the nitty gritty, I would love for you to kind of take us back to how you even got started in this field. Um, Like where did the passion come from? Where did the drive come from to get you to where you are today? Sure. Uh, So that we will go back to Jamaica. So growing up, I did swimming and swimming is a very interesting sport, at least I think. And the reason why I say that is when you swim, it's an individual event outside of relays and that sort of stuff. But you train in a team environment. And when you're doing that, there's this different duality. So if you compare it to something like soccer, and I'm not saying that the two sports are two sports are the same, but soccer, you can almost go off of your groups, the momentum within the team where swimming sometimes is a little bit more individual. So it's I found it to be a lot more in your head. So however you went into a race typically determined how you performed. And by no means was I as an Olympic-level swimmer. But one race in particular that stands out is I was going up against people that were on the Jamaica national team, and I wasn't. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, why would you put me in this heat? Coach, come on. And he said to me, hey, I want you to go there. I want you to do your best and we're going to hype you up before. And the headspace that I got into that race, that was the fastest time I've ever swam a 50 meter freestyle event. And when I looked to the side of me, I beat people that were seated on the national team. Now, whether they were having an off day or not, who knows? But what I do know is that I felt different and it was that, you know, okay, let's get into the mind. And what if I expected to win? How would that look? What if I was expecting to have the best race of my life, which I did, how would that look? So that kind of led me into a few different things, but one of them was really personal development. And when you go into personal development, you learn very quickly as thoughts are things, not just the abstract or woo-woo, what you think you get more of, but really it, whatever you focus your mind on is where your attention goes and where your attention goes, you always seek to prove that right now. That can work for you or against you. So then you fast forward to now, I move to Canada and I get introduced to a company that has some really interesting technology to work the brain. And uh, I looked at it and I was like, what do you mean work the brain? But just like you'd go into a gym to 
get better physically, or you look at what you're eating and maybe arrange things so that you're fueling your body, how you need to be fueled, you do have some mental muscles, if we want to call them those, that are really your cognitive skills, and those could be worked. So that in itself, I was like, are you telling me that I can pretty much like go inside my mind and like work on this particular area? And the answer was yes. So I said, well, let's do it, not knowing what was going to happen. And I was blown away by how, what I was noticing in my own personal life. So then started to coach others through that process. And it's just been really, really eye-opening. So that's sort of what interested me in it. And I mean, if anybody here likes a place to do cool or a Rubik's Cube or look at numbers or when I was in university, just look at things and play them out in my mind's eye. It's so up that alley. So I was completely enthralled. Cool. I love that. I love that the passion just kind of, yeah, you just got so interested in it and you started to pursue it as a career. Um, my own like journey is pretty like similar to that in the health world. Um, so when you're working with clients now, like what are the common mental health struggles or cognitive health struggles that you're really seeing? Uh, so when you when we look at the research, so there's over 20, 20, 20 plus, there's actually over 50 research papers on a range of demographics, young kids, all the way up to, I like to call them a little older kids. Um, mm-hmm. But what we see is that their attention improves. And that to me is huge because in today's world, especially, there's so many notifications going on. Um, mm-hmm. Cell phones buzzing all the time. There's something, somebody wants something of you almost at 24-7 is what it can feel like. And when mm-hmm. you run that way, you can very easily enter high stress. So I'm going to segue and get a little, little super nerdy for a second. But when you enter high stress, you can only hold so many things in your mind consciously. So you fill that working memory bucket. And so you can't put anything else into that bucket. So what I commonly hear amongst clients is, what are some techniques that I can do to improve? And those get into things like meditation and breathing, or really just having a mind dump. Because as soon as you empty that working memory bucket, then you can step into any task or any sport with more focus. And if you have more focus on what you're doing, you typically take in more information consciously. And that's the real key there because we always take in the information. Sometimes we don't know what to do with it. Um, But once you take it in, you can then process it and ultimately make better decisions. Cool. Cool. So in terms of like this past year, like more 2020, I guess, but still now, um, how do you think that has impacted people's cognitive uh, skills and mental health? I mean, there there's so many aspects to go down there. So I think this past year, people have really been tested very, very in a unique way. And I say that because mm-hmm. we're social beings. So for myself, for the first little bit, when I was told, hey, well, you can't go out and socialize, that was like, um, I'm sorry, say that again. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but it was a big reframe because although we're, um, you know, social distancing and staying at home, you can be by yourself, but you, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be alone. Um, and I'm a, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. So a friend of mine shared a quote with me, hey, yes, it may be dark, but you can always turn on the light. And I know, no. I know I'm paraphrasing that, but that just goes to mean is that, it, again, it's really what you're focusing on. So this past year, a lot of people have been focusing on sometimes what they lost and not necessarily on what has been presented or made available for them. So before 2020, some people may have said, hey, I don't have enough time to do the things that I really love. So some people got some more time. 
Um, some people may have said, well, hey, I don't, I haven't been able to go into this hobby or I haven't been able to spend some time with myself or the day just goes by so fast. And depending on how you look at it, and I know for some people it may sound a little woo-woo, but it really is, you can control what you think about majority of the time. And that ultimately changes the outlook on things. So I think it's really brought a better sense of awareness for people as to what's important and what really matters most to them. So some people have realized like, hey, some of the stuff they were doing before just didn't fill their soul, didn't fill their spirit, didn't light them up. And so they've said bye to some of those things. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I can definitely agree with that. Um, I was actually talking to a, a while ago, My I see a um, clinical counselor, like a therapist, and I was asking her this same question, like how has this past year impacted her business? And mm-hmm. she just said like, she has never been busier mm. ever. She is booked solid all the time because people are needing mental health support. Um, they're needing somebody to talk to. They don't have their friends. They don't have their family. Um, everyone's kind of cut off. And so everyone's struggling. Like, And it's really sad, but it's also good because I think we're now moving into this time of like mental health is becoming far less taboo and far more like yeah, I have anxiety. Yeah, I have depression. Or yeah, I go to therapy like everyone does, you know? And I, I love that because I love that we're talking about it more and more. And I think it's very necessary. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I grew up in Jamaica. So the culture in Jamaica and Canada is a little different. But one mm-hmm. of the starting things that I noticed when I was really young is I've always admired, um, but I used to see only women doing it. I see a lot more men doing it now. But women would have something on their mind, it's weighing on them, and then they'll go by a friend. And this really interesting thing would happen. They'll chat with this friend for 5, 10, 15 mm-hmm. minutes, some amount of time would pass, and then they're laughing. And it, it, it was interesting to me because growing up in Jamaica in sort of like a quote-unquote overly masculine um, so society where you, you shouldn't be sharing some things because you're a man, this and that and all that bravado, I was like, but I don't understand. I don't think that's an extra level of happiness. Um, but it, it's super interesting that that community and even just speaking about some of the things that is going on during the day just frees up some of that mental bandwidth. And again, if you free it up, you're no longer focusing on it. And if you're not focusing on it, then you typically don't stir up those thoughts again. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I've I've read about that before as well. It's like women like we grow grow up with the idea of like sisterhood and like girls nights right or like calling a friend whereas men tend to feel like it's not appropriate or it's not a safe space for them to share um because like that's what society teaches us right and so then you see men who bottle up their feelings and never express anything and then one day it just all comes out and shit hits the fan <laughs> and like mm-hmm. you know what i mean because they they're not taught that they can call a friend or talk to anybody about it um and that's so not fair for them because they're human beings too men like men need people to talk to as well oh yeah 100% Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's so interesting that you like recognize that, but it's in Canada too. I think it's everywhere, but I think some places it's probably more uh, pronounced than others. For sure. For sure. And and that's why some, probably the majority of my friends now are all female because they know that sometimes they'll get a call from me and be like, Hey, do you have five minutes? And I do want to chat about something if you have the time, if not cool. Um, But it's just such a wonderful 
thing to have. And I really think that, especially now, having that space, having that community, and wherever you find it with technology, you could be connected with people from anywhere. Um, it, it just, it's just helpful. It's a helpful tool. Okay. I want to interrupt this episode to quickly talk about my EMF underwear, blocking underwear that is coming out very soon. It is called Emphies, so E-M-F-I-E-S, and it's coming in April. And everyone who follows me on Instagram, you know I have been working on this for the past few months, um, and I'm really excited about it. So it's cute, it's comfy, and it's functional, meaning it actually protects the body from EMF around us, from our computers, laptops, Wi-Fi, routers, cell phone towers, etc. More and more research is coming out showing how this negatively impacts female reproductive organs. So leading to or helping lead to infertility and irregular menstrual cycles and contributing to miscarriages and PCOS and all of these health issues that are on the rise for females. So if we can do one thing further to really help our our bodies and our health in such an easy way, um, we might as well, right? And so I've created EMF underwear for women um, and it's made by women, right? So it's actually cute. It's actually comfy. Um, it's not made by a different company that produces a bunch of EMF gear. It's very, very particular on the design. So if you want to sign up for the pre-order waiting list, I highly suggest you do so. You can go to www.biohackingbrittany.com slash pages slash EMFs, which is E-M-F-I-E-S, or you can go to my Instagram and it's on the link in my bio. Um, There's going to be a very limited quantity in the beginning and everybody on this list is going to get first access. So I highly suggest you join and yeah, look out for them dropping very soon. Right. So I know you described that you help people in two kind of different ways. Um, the first one is the training program that you have and then nutritional supplementation. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of walk us through both of those and what that like specifically Absolutely. looks like? So we can start with the, let's start with the nutrition because I think the nutrition is more important than the training majority of the time. Um, a mentor of mine is, mm-hmm. is known for saying, it's not that we overtrain, it's that we under recover. So you could go to the gym all you want, mm. but if you're not getting the right sleep, if you're not getting the right supplements that are for your body, because we're all different, you may not be getting the results that you're ultimately going after. So one right. of, so for the brain, um, the brain's the most nutrient-dependent, energy-dependent, stress-vulnerable, and toxin-vulnerable system. And But I also want to make the distinction and separate the brain from the mind. So the brain is a thing in your skull. You know, like it moves if you get hit in the head, and it's where all the physical things are. But the mind is a thought process. And that's where we get into some of the cognitive functions. And the reason why I want to make that distinction sometimes is uh, a lot of people that sometimes use a training, and I know I'm going back and forth between the two, often fall in love with what they've been told in that there is damage to the brain, but there's not necessarily damage to the mind. And uh, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But from the nutrition point of view, one of my favorite superfoods um, for cognitive health among lion's mane is reishi mushroom. Why? In the medical literature, so for anybody listening, you can go to pubmed.gov and you can type in Rishi plus brain or Ganoderma or lucidum plus brain, and you'll see about 60 research papers on it. And some of the research is actually really, really interesting because it's stated in the research 
that it is super protective for the brain, but it's also a superfood. So that means that it has a full complement of nutrition to it, and it helps to carry that to throughout all the body, including the brain. Um, Ganoderma is known as a nitrate oxide donor. That, from a chemistry point of view, I, I love that molecule because it won Nobel Prize, and that's super cool that molecules can do that. <laughs> but it's a vasodilator, so it opens out those blood vessels. And what happens is that it allows for more nutrients to be transported. But again, going back to that recovery, it's a two-way flow. So if you can bring in more nutrients, you can also take out more toxins as they're being produced. Because of how much mitochondria is in the brain and it's so energy dependent, the research shows that reishi is good for mitochondria function as well. Um, so in form of nutrition, I really like that because one of my favorite brands has it infused into coffee and tea. Because I would love to tell you, Brittany, that I'm very good and I take my supplements every day, but I can't say that with a straight <laughs> face. <laughs> because like <laughs> days happen um, and some days are better, are better than others. Right. But what I do know and what I've seen is that we're very religious with our rituals. And so the ritual of coffee, whether that you make it in a percolator or whether that you have it as an instant or you pick it up on your way into somewhere, um, we typically do it all the time. So I'm a very big fan of habit stacking. So adding good things onto things that I already do to make those habits even better and then to sometimes replace ones that don't serve me. And adding that to my morning cup of coffee has been absolutely game changer. So that's from the nutrition side of things. From the cognitive training side of things, that is such an interesting area. And the reason why I say that is there are a lot of programs out there that um, claim to work the mental muscles or the mind. Um, some are better supported in the research than others. So there's two very important terms that are known as near and far transfer. But when we talk about the mind, what we're really looking at are things like your attention, your focus, your working memory, peripheral vision, executive function, processing speed, and decision-making. So how we do that is in a 3D environment that uses both eyes. So Brittany, I'll ask you, to, do you, do you see the same image from each eye? Uh, okay, I don't think so, so. You'd be absolutely right. You, 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 you'd be absolutely right. So because we see a different image in each eye and the brain then stitches it together. Right. So right. when you use both eyes, it's a term called binocular vision. So we use that in a 3D environment. That means that we're then using depth and we use a depth to then gauge things like processing speed and peripheral vision because you're looking at a focal point. Um, and because things are moving at varying speeds dependent on the user it stresses your level of attention in a given task and what do i mean by that is mm. attention is so some people say oh well i can multitask and to those people i say you're better than i can because i cannot i do one thing at a time and then i switch mm -hmm. and i think that's pretty true for everyone but some people do a lot of things very fast in very quick succession um, so when, when we look at attention, we have a few different buckets, but we work each of those again in that 3d environment. Why 3d is because we use that depth and it's all user unique. So my session looks very different to one of my client sessions because we're at different stages. They may be way more ahead than I am, um, or vice versa. Um, so it, how it looks is, I don't, some people describe it as Star Trek. So, um, but you 
put on a pair of 3D glasses, you sit down, and I call it that you're entering the matrix, not like you're taking the red or the blue pill, but you're entering to that um, computer simulation. And with the use of that technology, we can then, in a very short, so six-minute time period, work out the mind um, and then right. go and recover. And so it's very time-effective, and that's, and that's a key component. Right. Yeah, I... I, th I think that's really cool. And I know you like looking at the brain as a muscle. Um, and I find that very interesting because I don't necessarily do that um, or, or like automatically think about the brain like that, you know? And so how come you think that like, or not how come, I guess like, why do you think that people typically don't look at the brain like labels. that? Um, I think we're very quick to place labels onto things and then those labels become our identity so mm -hmm. i and again this goes back to high school but i was never the best swimmer yes i was always capable in the water but there is something about having an attitude of hey if i put my mind to it that i can learn how to do it where i fall on that spectrum i have no clue but if I can learn something mm -hmm. that I didn't know how to do, that's way more than just my body moving. Because ju just like having this conversation, I'd have had to learn some phrases in English, which meant that I first had to go from a place that I didn't know what I didn't know, which is unconscious consciousness. Then I learned what I didn't know, which was conscious and consciousness. And through repetition and training, some of it became consciously conscious. So I was learning and now there I could identify areas and now speaking um, is an unconscious act in terms of I'm not saying oh my gosh am I using the right subject verb agreement there and don't get me wrong sometimes I'm like oh is that, did that make sentence make sense but it because I think that we all can learn something it, then you you don't have a limit because anything that you wanted to do you can then learn it and that all takes place in the mind you you are building that new structure every day right so for people listening at home who are super interested in this and want to start taking action like right now or today like where would you suggest that they start so if they want to take action right now today um that's an awesome question they can get a baseline assessment done through the training program that I particularly like, which is NeuroTracker. And to do that, they would just need to send me an email at Cognition Campbell. So that's C-O-G-N-I-T-I-O-N, Campbell spelt like the soup, um, at gmail.com. And I'll send that link over to them. Or I have tons of stuff on my Instagram, which is at Yardy Josh, um, Yardy being somebody from Jamaica, which they can go through and look. And it has some more in information in terms of what the cognitive skills are. What are some of the principles that go in behind it? And there's new content coming out there weekly. So the, those are two places that they could start. Um, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, and I'm curious, like looking forward now, like being in the industry that you're in um, and seeing how far it's come in the last 10 years, like what do you think that the next 10 years are going to be like the ones coming up it will be as commonplace as somebody asking you what your blood levels are if they're working with you from a functional medicine point of view um, and the reason for that mm -hmm. i think is when you look at when you're working with with anyone or any profession 
just like the book, The Five Love Languages, which I think was pretty revolutionary when it was written, because it gave people a whole different insight to understand how some people receive acts that are done for and to them. Um, I think this just gives you an additional tool to understand where people are, not only in the sports realm. So you look at things like people recovering from TBI or traumatic brain injuries. Are they really ready to come back in a sports setting? Are they cognitively there? Because that's one way to use that, that assessment. Or in military or first responder personnel situations, are they ready to return back to duty? But also in the overall evaluation of health is where is some of your um, cognitive skills at? Just in the same way that we would do a range of motion test if you went to a chiropractor and they say, well, hey, there, there's some things here that are off balance. Let's take a look at those. Or if you went and got blood work done or you got a whole panel done and you're assessing yourself from a holistic point of view, I think this is absolutely going to be one of those components. Right. I love that. And I'm all about holistic health and biohacking. Um, and yeah, and, and looking at quantifying the self, right? Like finding out our data points, figuring out what can we do to improve them and then retesting and seeing where we're at, um, which is sounds like you're very similar and you like to do that type of quantifying self work oh, as well. Absolutely. And in fact, I, I like to use a lot of the tools that I have. So one of the things that is on the way right now is an ordering for a few reasons is that it just provides that objective data. So it's one thing to wake up and say, I feel amazing. Um, but not only what does that amazing translate to, but are there any correlations? And it's not to say, okay, I'm only data-driven because I'm 100% in the Caribbean. We go with the feeling, right? Um, but it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's mm -hmm. when working with clients, when saying to people, hey, I really think that if myself, I, can, I know that when I don't sleep as well, my mental muscles do not perform as well. And I have the objective data to show mm -hmm. it. If I eat poorly, same thing. Um, or there are times that things go off to scales and I'm like, whoa, what just happened? Yeah. 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 I have an aura ring, um, and I've had it for almost two years now and absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic and I use it every day and yeah, it's interesting because sometimes it's very, very accurate and very aligned with my intuition and mm -hmm. how I'm feeling. Um, but sometimes it's the opposite, right? Like my scores will, will be very good, but I wake up feeling like pretty crappy or it's the opposite. Like I wake up feeling really good, but my scores are actually pretty crappy, which is really, uh, interesting to see happen. Um, yeah. So you have to keep me updated when you get it because it's, it's so cool. And, and also like, it just helps you really understand, um, where your sleep needs help if it needs help, right? Like if you're waking up a lot, if your REM sleep is low, if you're going to bed too late, like whatever it is. Um, and the heart statistics on it are great too. So I, I love it and I recommend it okay. to most people. So I, I'm excited for it. I don't wake up during sleep at all. I sleep, as some people say, like a log, good luck. Um, <laughs> um, but <laughs> excited to see what the REM sleep is like. 
Yeah. Do you use any other um, tools or technology to quantify so yourself? I've done a variation of assessments. So um, there, there, are other, there are a few other companies that have as assessment tools, so like psychology profiles um, and then other vision characteristics. And so I've done some of those. And it, mm. again, it's super interesting to see because most people think that perfect vision is 2020, but some of the top athletes in the world have like 13 over 20 vision, just meaning that they're seeing things a lot further, a lot clearer um, than the 2020 mark. Um, so I definitely use that um, as a tool. Um, and then the other thing that I do is I do go and get some lab tests done. So one that I went and did was a sleep study because a little while ago, um, a neurologist had said to me that, hey, I think you have something called myoclonic jerks, which is a mild form of seizure. And I was like, mm. excuse me? <laughs> No, 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 no. Um, but when I went back to do that sleep study and did all the blood work, and this was after some diet change and some lifestyle changes, um, everything came back normal. Um, so I definitely go and do that about once a year. And it's very interesting just to see that where the numbers are and how they fluctuate, again, based on things that are going on in personal life and work life. And just when you take a look at everything on a whole. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, quantifying yourself, like it's just so cool and so worth it. Um, you have to kind of be careful though to not become too obsessed with the numbers and the data. Like I've done that before and it only creates mm -hmm. stress and then that degrades your health. So there's kind of like this fine line of like being very aware of what's going on in your body and your brain. Um, but not going overboard where you're like stressing about the numbers and trying to do this and that and like getting overwhelmed with it. So, um, yeah, but it sounds like you have a good balance and, and you understand it very well. Thank you. So the, the Japanese have a philosophy and I may butcher this completely, but it's the art of improving something um, if it's not perfect. But then I, I like to pair that mm -hmm. with the, I'm going to call it the mentality I picked up from the Caribbean is really enjoying a lot more in the present moment i think that's something that's done exceptionally well in the mm -hmm. caribbean so some of the smaller things i mean we've had bad hurricanes in jamaica where there's no power there's no light everything's gone it's shut down it's a blackout um but as we we're kids we we're running around in the dark having the best time of all playing hide and seek because you know those are the best times to play hide and seek and all the street lights are down uh, um, but it, so but it's yeah. combining the two so in the areas that i say hey i would like to develop these skills is going to go work on that and having those numbers to quantify it um because we want to be working efficiently and and diligently um, but then also not being too hard on yourself and giving yourself a bit more grace, which was a big one for me to really embrace and just enjoying all that there is there in the experience. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Um, so where can people find you if they're interested um, in connecting with you, maybe working with you? So yeah. on Instagram, um, I am there. Uh, please don't send me a message at two in the morning and, and hope for a response. I do like to sleep, um, but I will respond to it. So either on Instagram at yardyjosh or at email at cognitioncampbell at gmail.com. And any questions, anything at all, it could be, hey, what are some of the best places to go to Jamaica when travel's open? Happy to answer those as well. Oh, so sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was cool. I, I learned thank you a lot. Thank having me, Brittany.
Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, feel free to screenshot this episode and tag me if you'd like me to respond. I really hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. If you have a question about your health, my DMs are always open and I'm currently taking new clients. Thanks and see you next time. Thank you.